tonight. Some people ask the tough questions, but here we go. Hod, welcome to game shows. I suppose. Everybody and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows. I suppose I'm a pre-recorded Jordan Haas from July 27th, 2020. How are you doing? Are is the world non chaos anymore? It still is. Oh well. Anyway, uh, today's episode we'll be talking about Hard Quiz, Australia's greatest quiz show. But before we get to that, we got to talk about my all-time favorite pricing game right now on the 110-part series exploring every pricing game from The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. Rat race, rat race, rat race, rat race, rat race, rat race. We did it. We f- we fucking did it. We're at rat race. We're at rat race. My favorite pricing game. My favorite pricing game. Oh joy, rat race. So it premiered June sixteenth, twenty ten. We're in the twenty tens, my friends. Five two one three K. Rat Race is a pricing game where a contestant can win up to three fantastic prizes by earning the right to quote-unquote bet on three of the five colored plush toy rats set up on a racetrack. The pricing portion of the game has similarities to Power of Ten, a game show Drew Carey hosted on CBS before taking over price. So, contestant must price three items within a specified range. The first thing you'll find in round one is a grocery item. You know, here is a bottle of soda. Here's some rice Here's a can of chunky tomato soup. You must be, it's always under $10, and you must be within $1 of the actual retail price, higher or lower, to win it. The second item in round two is your classic. Your classic Price is Right small prize. This is a food processor. Well, no, it'll probably be like more like the stick blender kind of thing, or the uh, the board game, the, uh, the the bathroom scale. And you have it's always under one hundred dollars, and you must be within ten dollars of the actual retail price to not only win that prize but get a rat. We then go into round three. It is a medium prize, a little bit less than five hundred dollars. But a bit more than 100 And you must be within $100 higher or lower to win it. So you can win three rats by playing basically the classic three games. 
the grocery item, the small prize, and the one bid. A classic old school one bid. Uh, so, for each bid given, you get to choose your rat. There are five rats on stage. One yellow, one green, one pink, one orange, and one blue. These are positioned on a giant dollar sign track. If the contestant does not win any of the rats, the game ends immediately. The first time it's ever happened was December 23rd, 2010. Once you have picked your rats, because you got you you say you got the grocery item, you got it right. Which of the five rats do you want? The blue one. Bing. Light up the blue track. Here is the uh, the the soda stream. How much for that? Is it right? You're right. Ding ding. I want the orange rat. Bing. Okay. And now here's the third one. Here is the uh, uh, Bluetooth speakers. You know, outdoor Bluetooth speakers. It's two hundred dollars. Hey, you're right. Where do you want to go? I want the pink. Okay, so pink, orange, and blue. If any of these three pop up, you win. So, the rats are then sent motion on the track by pulling a handle, usually by the model. If one of the selected rats finishes in third place, they win prize number three, which is like the lowest of the three prizes. If they got second place, they got the medium prize, which is pretty good as well. If the big winner rat gets first place in the rat race, they win the grand prize. And typically, that's a brand new car. Contestants can win more than one prize depending on how the chosen rats finish the race. So, if they play a perfect game and they get three rats, they can get win, place, and show, and they can win all three prizes. While the track is designed to be the same length for all five rats, not all the rats are guaranteed to finish. Indeed, occasionally some of the rats get stuck on the track and the race continues to play out. Just as competitors occasionally do not finish in various races in real life, there have been times where a rat just doesn't start at all. There are actually at least a couple hundred mechanical rats in storage backstage, with each rat running the race at a different speed. The rats are picked at random and placed onto the track. This is evident as the rats never appear in the same order from left to right in each episode. So here's <laughs> so something I just want to point out here is what I, I don't think I brought this up either. Probably not. Uh, oh, they didn't. It's in the trivia. All right. But what, what I like about the uh, the rat race game is that if you play the game perfectly, you're guaranteed a win. You win one of the th three prizes, no matter what happens, kind of like in Master Key. And that's where it used to be. Master Key was my favorite game. Rat race took over for it because... Now, if you play a perfect game, you're guaranteed one prize, no matter what happens. So, that, to me, that feels like you did a success. You, you, you played the perfect game, you got the little prize, the little little prize, and you're playing for a smaller prize and a smaller prize and a bigger prize. So, you're playing for, like, all six variants on a Price is Right prize. You're, you're playing with a grocery item, you're playing with a small prize, you're playing for, like, a one-bid item, then you're playing for what would be typically played for in, like, a race game. Then you're playing for something that's typically played for in the AB games, kind of like a higher-lower kind of situation. And then you're playing for a car. So you have every scope of, of the Price is Right pricing games in one collective game. And that's what I love about it. It's like everything put together at once. There is an, there's a prop on stage, and it's all luck-based. But at the same time, it's luck-based, but in the same way that people love marble racing or, or anything else these days. Anyway, let's get to some history here. This is the fun part. The game was created by Drew Carey. That's right, folks. Drew created Rat Race. Cleveland Rocks. 
Rat Race was the second pricing game to premiere on Drew's tenure as host. The first was Gas Money, and it's the last pricing game to premiere before Rich Fields uh, got fired. The game got its first official win after the third playing on November 12, 2010, aired ever, where all three prizes were won nine times during the game's lifespan. Bop, 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 bop. The contestant wiped out and didn't even get to have a rat. The contestants were bop, 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 bop. On the Halloween episode 2013, as part of both episodes' Halloween theme, 2013-2018, Rat Race was renamed Bat Race. The toy rats donned bat ears and wings, and the cartoon rat on the game display also appeared in costume. On the second playing is Bat Race with two rats. Someone won the car. All right, May 1st. Two of the rats didn't make it, and the last rat ended up third. On November 14th, the pink rat didn't make it, and the pink rat ended up fifth place. On November 17th, 2014, as a part of Big Money Week, Rat Race was played for $175,000. Uh, where if you got first place, a hundred thousand dollars, second place was 50,000, third place was 25,000, which means you get all three rats, you can win $175,000 or any combination thereof. Uh, and the hundred grand was one. Yes. You can even play this with money. And I like that as well. On February 16, 2015, you decide week at a cash price of $100,000. First place was 75, third, second place, 15,000, third place was 10,000 and $75,000 was one. Honestly, just make it like 50000 25000 10000 What's What's killing you from just making 85000 Uh All right. Uh, January 15, 2015. Uh, the first two prizes were front door three, and the car was revealed afterwards. On June 3, 2015, the Blue Rat did not move at all. Okay. Rat Race has been officially won 39 times, including the $100,000 win and the $75,000 win on that episode, five of which were perfect. All three prizes won. Rat Race has never been seen in the first or second game to be played in the game slime list. You'll know why in the trivia section. Starting on September 25th, 2015, the light blue tint was removed from the price results screen. On October 30th, 2015, as part of the episode's Halloween theme, the rats were wearing Drew Carey glasses. On May 26th, on May 25th, 2016, Amazing Race episode, they had the Amazing Rat Race. Uh, They had Phil Kogan start the rat race. Anyway, March 19, 2018. Baby shower episode during youth week. The pink and uh, yellow and pink rats round up finishing too close to call that contestants Timothy and Amy had a choice between 26 weeks or a year's worth of baby food and diapers. So, okay. On March 26, 2020, contestant made the dumbest guesses for three small items, losing by not getting a single rat by saying a tea kettle was $700. As in Master King Switcheroo, the contestant only needs to win the car, not necessarily all three prices for the game they considered a win. A win of only one or two of the smaller prices is considered a partial win, as far from affecting perfect or winless shows, winning w I don't really care much for winless games at this point. Uh, winning none or three of the three round prices was considered a loss. And contestant winning three rats almost guarantees winning at least one prize, exception if a rat does not finish, which makes it even better. Uh, Rat Race has never been the first or second pricing game to start any show because the game's components need a lot of time to start up. The game can be no late earlier than third on the show. Rat Race is the second pricing game that's never been played by former host Bob Barker. 
If Rat Race was to be a million dollar spectacular game, the contestant would need to win all three prizes and all the rats must finish in first, second, and third place. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 15. The pricing game was the very first to premiere in the 2010s. We made it, folks. We're in the 2010s. I'm going to get myself a, a little uh, man bun. going to enjoy myself uh, some white claws and have a good time. That's, that's, both, that's both ends of the decade. That's what I was trying to get at. I love this game so much. I love Rat Race. I feel like if I wanted to play any pricing game the most on The Price is Right, some people say Plinko. Some people say pay the rent because of the money. Me? I'm going to go Rat Race. This is single-handedly everything you want in a Price is Right game. This has every variant of a prize. This has a luck-based mechanism attached to it. This has... A very fun music package when they reveal the rat race. This has just an entertaining kind of race mechanic to it. And sometimes they even have layers, which is something I really love in the prices, right? When you do layer prizes. So it's like gas for a year, car washes for a year, and a new car. Or groceries for a year, uh, lift for a year, and a new car. Or, or or one time it was like, here is video games, like just video game. I think it was like a PlayStation Four and like ten games, and then the second price was the four K television, and then the new car. And I'm like, this is what you want. This is actually fun when they can add layers to the prizes, kind of like in Master Key in in Rat Race as well. And the, there's so much fun to be had in this that i like this game so much it's, it's a quirky toy it reminds me of my days of like going to city walk and seeing those weird wind-up toys at like the dappy store so to me there's a lot of nostalgia with rat race it's one of those games where it's like i've only known this through drew as well so to me the eyes of rat race can only be seen in the minds of drew carey it's not a bob barker game this is a drew game created by drew in drew's era and to me, it works. To me, this is like an actually great pricing game on The Price is Right. It takes a long time to play it, but it's worth it. This is a worth it pricing game. Next time on The Pricing Game Spotlight, I wish I can't have this. I don't want to say goodbye to Rat Race, but I love this game so much. I hate to say goodbye. <laughs> but next time on The Pricing Game Spotlight, I love Rat Race. Jesus Christ, I love this game. Just so much fun. Next time on Pricing Game Spotlight, we're going to pay the rent. Hi, folks. Welcome to Game Shows, I suppose. The Solo Sessions. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. We have an episode today where we're talking about a strange game show called Hard Quiz. So you know me. I love it. Hard. That's the show's title. The show's called Hard Quiz. Anyway, uh, if you've never seen Hard Quiz before, congratulations. You live in a country that's not Australia. So let's get started on the episode. 
in Australia, you know, it's much like every other country in the entire world. They have a variety of different television shows. Uh, a good chunk of them are your usual, such as a news show, a gossip show, a show where people talk about current events, maybe a cooking show, even a game show. But something that seems to be uh, a weird global phenomenon is the comedy show about the current events. Now, in Britain, they kind of love to do silly, silly uh, panel games. And then you get your occasional MASH report. And in America, I mean, look where we have now. We have like a half dozen of shows like you you have your your daily show with Trevor Noah you have your last week tonight with John Oliver i guess that's what Stephen Colbert's show is now the late show is you have your Samantha B full frontal and i i guess the list can go on and on depending on which streaming service you you acquire and it's that weird daily show, let's mock politicians comedy thing. That's a genre of TV that I don't think really gets talked about that often uh, on the internet. Uh, because that weird genre, it's in every other country I can think of. There's a version of that in Japan. There's a version of that in South Korea. There's a version of that in Germany, in Holland, in Sweden. In Hungary, even in Russia, believe it or not, even in Russia, there is one of those wacky send-up-the-politicians news shows. And in Australia, theirs is a show called The Weekly with Charlie Pickering. And yes, you can probably think of your own local ones, like this hour is 22 minutes, if you want to go that route. But The Weekly with Charlie Pickering is one of those, uh, I guess, cult classics in the world of ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Company. Uh, it debuted in April 22nd, 2015, and it's kind of on hiatus right now. It's kind of, it kind of started in April of this year, and they're, they're kind of stuck in COVID because Australia. Anyway... Uh, much like a lot of these Daily Show type shows, I'm just going to go Daily Show because I'm an American, you have your silly uh, correspondent characters that are all comedians, and then you have like the one, I will say the one comedian that is like the major like sidekick. And when I mean sidekick, it's they have their own segment. For instance, for me, it's Lewis Black with Back in Black. I think that is always like a Daily Show tradition is Lewis Black venting and getting furious angry. And uh, in the case of The Weekly with Charlie Pickering, it's a segment called Hard Chat. Hard Chat is hosted by Tom Gleason, a uh, stand-up comedian and television writer uh, who's great at improvisational comedy. And his main trait is really wicked good cloud work. Like, he's really good at crowd work, and he's really good at insult comedy as well. So in Hard Chat, he gets a celebrity and then really asks them not really tough questions, but very insulting questions. The kind of questions that are definitely, like, you're not supposed to answer. They're rhetorical, but they're also made to make people feel bad because that's the comedy. 
Anyway, it's one of the most popular segments on the weekly. So much so that they decided to do a spin-off show based on the weekly as a Monday through Friday quiz show. The premise is simple. Tom Gleason, instead of doing a quiz to celebrities, is now going to give questions to contestants who are everyday residences of Australia. The catch is the questions are very, very difficult, making it very easy for him to make fun of people for not getting the right answer. And thus, Hard Quiz was found. The premise is quite simple. There are four contestants. Each one of these contestants claims to have an expert subject in mind, similar to other game shows like, say, Mastermind, where you go in saying, I know the best about Harry Potter, or I know the most about World War II, or I know the most about The Simpsons, or I know most about Agatha Christie novels. This is basically the big crux of the game is how well do these people really know their expert subjects? And it's in round and rounds of gameplay that we figure out who is the best and who's out. Because in Hard Quiz, much like a lot of other shows, it plays in an elimination-style format. Where four becomes three, three becomes two, and then of the two, one will be left standing to win the grand prize. No, not a vacation. No, not a cash prize. What, you think we're made of money? No, it's a trophy. The Hard Quiz Big Brass Mug. And my say, it's big, and it is very brassy, and it's emblemed with the Hard Quiz logo. What makes it so fascinating to me is that uh, the casting of the show is very clever with the show. Because, yes, they do get experts, but from season two onwards, because they're well aware the show is Tom Gleason's going to give them a difficult time, they not just casted experts, they casted people who are willing to dish back comebacks to uh, make the show even more funny. So it, it becomes a more entertaining half-hour uh, quiz show. In round one, it's the, it's the experts round. There are going to be four categories in play. Five questions in each category. That means 20 questions. These questions are relatively simple based on the subject matter the expert wants. It could be anything because this is hard quiz. So if you said your expert subject is South Park, you're going to get a question about the TV show South Park. If you said it is about uh, Woodstock Festival, you'll get questions about the Woodstock Festival. But they're not experts. They're kind of more like no-brainer questions. For instance, and I'm just throwing this out here, if I was to say my expert subject was game shows, because it's game shows, I suppose, I guess, uh, a, a expert round question would be, on what television game show does the show's announcer encourage contestants to come on down? And you would ring in and you would say, the price is right. If the expert gets the question right, well, that's an obvious, and they will give just five points. But if the contestant gets the question wrong, they lose five points. Any one of the four contestants can buzz in and try their hand at the question. But if a non-expert gets the subject correct, they got double the points, making it ten. Now, in the first season, double the points meant double the risk if the expert's buzzed in with an incorrect answer and they would lose 10 but they decided to change it so everyone just loses five for an incorrect answer 
time and time again, people attempt to steal and get a wrong answer, causing lots of hilarity. And in one funny moment that I remember was all three of the non-experts tried to ring in on the answer and jump the gun. And Tom Gleason just got very pissed off because it's like, I couldn't even finish the question. I can't even finish this damn question. No, no, that's not it. Okay. Hey, you, here's the question. The expert subject. This is all on you. Let me read the question. And then, of course, the fucking contestant rang in before the full question was read and made a mistake. And it was kind of like a Flintstones question. It was a question about animation. And, oh, man. (laughs) After the five questions in one subject is made up, we go to the next question. And that goes into subject category number two for the second player. And then the third player. And then the fourth one. So we got 20 questions in round one. After those four categories, there's one final expert question round. But it's from Tom himself. This is Tom's round, and it's his expert subject. In each episode, Tom Gleason then comes up with a fun little monologue about something he's fascinated by that has nothing to do with anything from the other four contestants. For instance, the New York Stock Exchange in America, the moon, the country of Finland, and much more. Now, unlike the other round where you can buzz in and give a correct answer for five points, or 10 if you steal. This one's a little different because everyone gets to play. If you buzz it and it's all multiple choice, so you all get to lock in with an answer. If you have the correct answer, you get five points. If you're wrong, you lose five points. After Tom's round, whoever has the lowest points, because you got to consider a lot of minus fives, will be eliminated from the game. They are told to stay into the center of the stage and then, of course, there's going to be a little bit of, of hazing from, from Tom going like, is there anything you would like to say to the folks at home? And then one final insult, probably to the host. And then the trademark catchphrase, out! And they have to take the walk of shame out the door into a big facade that's made of metal, as it would be. Once we're down to three players, it goes into the big finale, which is called the People's Round. Tom would normally say something about like, well, you know everything about this expert subject. Let's see how much you know about general knowledge and what actual people understand. Because you got to make the joke of like, these are weird people who don't know what society enjoys or appreciates, such as, I don't know, landmarks and television show characters anyway so uh they they it's a two minute timer uh the questions are speed up once the question is read buzz in correct five get wrong minus five uh and it keeps going until whoever has the lowest score is well when they run out of time the lowest score is out of the show that's that's basically the people's round. You you screwed up in the people's round, which is kind of actually the, I will be honest, the easiest fucking sh- part of the show. This is the part where I fucking can blaze through a good 15 questions. If, if 
the the expert round is no duh questions about expert subjects kind of like if your expert subject was the uh cartoon the simpsons and you say what city do the simpsons live in no duh it's springfield but on the people's round this is the no shit this is fucking simple which company produces the playstation what color do you get if you mix red paint with yellow paint? It, that is the kind of level of cerebral thinking we have in the people's round. Now, I don't know if Tom Gleason just thinks that is just what he feels about the Australian public, but that's that's kind of how the show works, as it were. Now, this gets into the, the fun, frantic, uh, exciting round. So... We did two qualifying rounds, one based on the expert subjects, one's on what the people understand. Now we get to the actual final part, the actual hard quiz. The hard quiz is literally the toughest questions I could ever see on a TV show. This makes who wants to be a millionaire look like Candyland because this is really, 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 really fucking really tough questions about expert subjects and it's in a penalty shootout just like in football slash soccer five questions to one player five questions to the other back and forth maybe you can say that's kind of like weakest link too because here's a mean person telling someone to take the walk of shame and then we all end and final round with a best of five tournament but there's no banking and there's no cash prize so shut the fuck up Anyway, so with the hard quiz final round, the experts get only questions on their expert subject. The one question that they know, the questions that they think they know the most about. Ali, who typically provides the voice of Woody for the merchandise dolls and the Kingdom Hearts video game series? It is um, Jim Hanks, Tom Hanks' brother, because Tom's really busy. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's Tom Hanks's otherwise underemployed brother. It's like my brother actually records my hard phone sex line for me. <laughs> and owned by eccentric millionaire and zoo owner Herbert Whitley, which was the first dog ever to win Best in Show at the UK's most prestigious dog show, Crufts. I should know it because I go there every year. Mm-hmm. It was the winner, the first ever winner. Yeah. My friends are going to kill me for this one. Yeah, well, if people are into the moon, they know about Neil Armstrong, I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the first one is a big deal. I'll go for Wally. Incorrect. Oh. The answer is primely scepter. Oh. Yeah, I knew that one. Um, and he was yeah. a greyhound. Yeah, you're learning things about dogs tonight, aren't you? <laughs> if you'd shown me the photo, I probably would have known. Yeah, I know. Well, it's not called show and tell, is it? <laughs> and it just goes back and forth from there. I had to put the clip in only because it's a solo sessions and I feel like I have no one to talk to. I'm a lonely, lonely man talking in a microphone about game shows. <laughs> yeah. 
talk about my life. Anyway, so uh, Hard Quiz is a very uh, fun show because Tom Gleason, even though he's trying his hardest to continue that Tom Gleason uh, mean guy demeanor that made him famous on the show, he is willing to do a bit of self-deprecating humor from time to time and even go as far as to even break character and just bust out laughing. Uh, which is something you don't normally get on other game shows, especially The Weakest Link. So Hard Quiz is most definitely just a Tom Gleason being Tom Gleason. You should not see the show with any other host other than Tom, because that is what makes the show fun. When they go back and forth, they go into Sun Death, like, you need this to win. You, if you get this wrong, you lose. They go into that kind of uh, territory. And, of course, oh, you failed. Uh, thanks for playing out. They leave. And then, after all the mean, mean comments, Tom Gleason has the big smile as game show host man going, You did it! You just won the show! Here's your big brass mug! Go on, you can go read the end credits. And then, of course, the contestant can look at the camera and say, I am not smarter than a fifth grade. I mean, uh, he, they will say, Thank you for playing hard! And then they go to the end credits, and that ends the show, because it's a half-hour show. This is not an hour-long snooze fest. This is a funny, fun quiz show. Uh, this is a show where it celebrates the weird subjects that you think you know about, while also proving that sometimes you say you're an expert, and they can prove that you might not be. And Tom Gleason pulls no punches in the show, and I think that is why... I have to say it's one of my favorite Australian game shows of all time. Now, we we kind of went all across the globe with game shows, I suppose. And we don't really talk about other countries' game shows that often. I know that's a joke because we fucking do it almost all the time. But Hard Quiz is a uniquely Australian game show because it stems from the weekly show. And Tom Gleason is an Australian stand-up who is willing to just be the funniest man on stage and willing to just have fun with this show yes this is just hard quiz which is just hard chat but at the same time he knows that uh he's playing a character the mean guy who's doing the insults the contestants know his whole job is to be the mean guy who's doing the insults and one way or another, either Tom is going to break character or the contestants are going to break and make fun of him and he has to fight back. And that's what makes the show so much fun, so enjoyable. Normally, I just hate snarky snark, snark, snark. I think that's like the one of the worst things in the world of game shows. I, that's why I don't really like Aiden Tat's Countdown, for instance. I think it's too focused on the let's be stupid, lol, this is stupid, lol, this is dumb, but you're still watching this dumb show. Whereas with Hard Chat, yes, there is snarky snark with Tom Gleason, but through all of that, there is a, I guess, a serious quiz because of the subject matters at hand, the expert subjects, the contestants claim they know, and there's a bit of strategy involved too in the steals and in Tom's expert subject round. When it gets to the people's round, I feel very smart. And then when you get to the hard quiz, I feel very stupid. Mostly because 
I don't know any of the answers. So on a production standpoint, whereas you can probably play along with every question on the show, including the ones on the hard quiz finale, that's the round where you barely have any play along value. And you can just take a wild stab in the dark unless you know that subject. And that just happens to be one of the two that are play that episode where you can actually try to play along, I guess. But what makes it very fun is that play along factor. If you don't know it, it's okay. You can take a step back and let Tom Gleason basically just guide you through the show and just it's just a comedy show and it becomes just a comedy game show if that's all you want in it which is why i love hard quiz uh at one point though tom gleason said he needed to take a break from hard quiz and stop the show and ended it so yeah i guess he didn't want to be typecasted as an asshole maybe that's why but uh, in a surprise to a lot of people, Hard Quiz would end up being sold to other countries. Did you know that? It's actually sold to other countries, this Hard Quiz game show. As I am saying this, there's a new series of this show because they did bring it back. And it's still the same old show. And it sounds to me like this was all filmed prior to an incident. Anyway... What I want to say is that this is a show that's safe for COVID because it's a quiz show. Now, the problem is that there's an audience that laughs. So sometimes I'm kind of going like, well, is this actually safe then? Because there's an audience. If you do no audience, can you really do the jokes and then just pipe in the laugh track? I don't know. But you can. The, the contestants are pretty much six feet apart already on the show. Clearly, if you could hire Gleason and pay him a shitload of money, maybe you should get as many episodes as you can. Hurry. <laughs> just to have some daily content. Uh, not saying daily, like, seven days a week, just Monday through Friday. Of the quiz show for, for maybe a hundred or so episodes. I'm not saying kill Tom Gleason and, and make him suffer, but... Get as many episodes as you can. Now, it looks like they're doing weekly, which is a right thing to do <laughs> if you can't do Monday through Friday. And I, if you want to do it that way, go that way. I just want to make sure that you can get as many episodes of Hard Quiz as possible done because that is a well done format. And it le leads me to the question that normally gets asked near the end of the show. Well, can this show be adapted to America? Now, this show has already been adapted to internationally. I forget the countries though, so I'm not gonna like say like different countries and and then be proven like an idiot. I'm just gonna say I don't know, but they have. And uh, <laughs> keep going. So, uh, if I was to do hard quiz, the the uh, American version you you don't have to get tom gleason right you have to get tom gleason because he's the show and you have to figure out how to format the show maybe you have to make it 44 minutes instead of uh the half hour and just extend out the uh the tom's round or the people's quiz or some sort of new round has to be implemented uh or 
you uh, cut it to 22 minutes and you ditch either the Tom's round or you ditch the or you shorten the people's quiz to like 30 seconds, which would be kind of mean. I love the final round, though, and I think that has to stick into like the second half of the show because otherwise it's not a hard quiz. It's just, hey, look, people know things. And this show is all about making people say, I know things look like they don't know things and then feeling bad about it. As this is a laugh-out-loud comedy show, it can either be one of three cable networks, TBS, True TV, or most likely Comedy Central. Because it's if it's Comedy Central, that means we'll definitely do it if the prize is just a fucking brass mug. That doesn't sound like a lot of money. And you keep the gameplay the same. Here are four players... And they all think they know the most about their expert subject. Let's quiz them on the thing. And then we move on. If you want to shorten the show even more, maybe you could just go three questions in each category. So it's a just a whopping 12. And then you can do the, uh, you can close out with Tom's category at the end of round one. And that could end the, the first round. Because uh, then... You can easily make, because uh, then you can go with, uh, you can do halfway, you can go into three of the categories, learn about the fourth one after we come back, go into Tom's round, when we uh, do the first elimination, round two's the people's round, next elimination, final act, which is like an eight minute act, is all the hard quiz, final. I think that's how you have to do hard quiz if you were going to ever bring it to the states you could try and get like any roast comedian jeff ross for instance uh you could try with you can get try and get michael lawrence or you you could even try and get frank castillo maybe frank would do it but if it just feels like oh let's get the insult comedian to do the the quiz show and I don't know, like, I, to me, I don't see, like, anyone else in that role. Mostly because of the way it's presented is as that character. That if you were to do any other version, it has to feel like an entirely different game show. And I can't really envision at the moment the show being, like, Americanized unless you just have big dramatic music, big dramatic lighting, and a host that's willing to just... Make fun of somebody's looks and social life, because that seems to be a good chunk of the jokes. And then it's, what's the prize? Now, I I think uh, if you were ever going to do this show, you might have to end up just doing a like $500,000 rule. Like, it's 500 bucks, and you lose 500 and you make it look like a scoreboard. And... Uh, it's either that or you play by points and then the grand prize at the end is the big brass mug and it's full of money. And you make the joke that it's only $1,000 or because that's game show consolation money. Um, or you have to make it game show minimum, which is $10,000. Because that's like, because otherwise it's just going to be like, well, you can win this trophy, this little cup. I just realized a lot of game shows just involve beverages and cups and mugs. 
I, I just it just hit me that much. Like the countdown teapot, the big brass mug. I want a tea in the big brass mug. Can can we get both those things before this is up? Just like I so I can make some tea in the countdown teapot, pour it in the big brass mug from Hard Quiz, and then just call it a day. It's probably going to cost roughly $400, and I don't have that fucking money. Oh, well. So, now I get to go talk about the set. Because the show is called Hard Quiz, uh, the theming of the set looks like an industrial zone. It looks like industrial mixed with city landscape because game show. So, everything looks like industrial plants, cements, uh, T-bars... But instead of it looking like, say, Pyramid Game, it looks like a house, if that makes sense. It looks like you are in a studio apartment building with red little pylons and a big old TV monitor and a wooden uh, scoreboard. Not a wooden scoreboard, wooden, like, runway. And then you have little monitors all across with little lights that signal when someone buzzed in it's just just very classic where the background looks like you're overlooking maybe a beachfront property of some kind and then the wall backwards looks like cement cement would be a good way of looking at it it looks like concrete because it's hard you get it hard because hard quiz so I have to point this out here. Uh, Gleason said he was stepping out so he was win the program in 2019, and then he won a award, the Gold Logie Award for most popular personality on Australian TV. And then he unaxed the show if he won it, uh, meaning that the show returned, and he had no idea. And I think this mostly comes from him personally. He was surprised the show was a success. Uh, in an interview, he once said he gave up hope of ever being a celebrity, and yet here he is, the guy who gets to insult people because they don't know about Disney movies the most. I think it, it just goes to show you, you never really know what your, your, your trait will be. What is your real talent? And I'm glad that the show is, uh, exists, because other game shows, when they do the expert subject quiz, it's either treated as like a mastermind where it's just we're just going to plow through as many questions as we can and it's just like easy, or it's met with kind of like a a bit of hard quiz but never really fully developed. So it's kind of like, well, what's uh, hey you like this? Well, what's your favorite episode or something? Because it means small talk. So it's good to have a show that kind of went into the this is too tough. And Tom Gleason as a host is a perfect balance of playing that antagonistic jerk and the likable person that you're just like, this is actually kind of fun. And you're enjoying what you're saying. Now, <laughs> the, the one of the best ones is... Uh, the, there is sometimes the contestants scream on set, like the audience members. And Gleason goes like just heckles the audience member, like this is you're not the star of the show. They are. That's why they're micro. That's why they have microphones and you don't. And just like it just plays into that that antagonistic personality. Uh, and that about 
wraps it up. I know it's a very quick episode, 32 minutes. What else do you want me to say? I explained the fucking format, explained where it offset is. Uh, tough questions, easy questions and subjects, a people's quiz, which is old general knowledge. That, that's it. They win a big brass mug. Then they say hard. That's it. It's easy, it's peasy, it's easy, it's simple to understand, fun to watch, a much, must recommend. I'm glad it's still in the air. Hope it's back for another season. Uh, otherwise, what the fuck, Australia? Just to fill time, because we're only 33 minutes in, and look, this is not going to be a good episode, I can guess it. There is, I went on Fun Trivia, and I found there is a tough quiz about game shows. Do you feel you can win a million dollars on the game show about game shows? Well, there's a money, but the fun you get about playing is invaluable. Uh, this was on funtrivia.com by uh, Indian Painter. So we're going to do single quiz. So, uh, first question. On which show is there a $4 million prize? Super Greed, Winning Lines, Regular Greed, or 21? Uh, let's see. That's a tough question because Greed's $2 million and Super Super Greed's double, so that's $4 million. Winning Lines was played for $1 million unless it's a trip around the world if you're talking the UK format. And 21 uh, I think they play for uh, like a, a weird. There was like a weird prize tree where it's it, the total was a million dollars, and then they play like a bonus round for two hundred ten thousand. Can you keep going after you reach the million dollar round on twenty one? Yes, you keep playing, but you must start again. In which show have you try? Oh, this is good grammar. Which which show has you tried to beat the host of the show? Winning Lines, When Ben Signs Money, Hollywood Showdown, Jeopardy 2000. Uh, it's When Ben Signs Money. Winning Lines, you, you're you up again, Dick Clark. Hollywood Showdown, that's just jackpot with uh, pop culture trivia. And Jeopardy 2000, it's Trebek. What is the maximum amount of answers for a regular round on the new Family Feud? What? What? Uh, do you mean like possible answers? Like that? That's that's a throwaway question. Maximum answers on a regular round would be eight, because there's eight blocks. But if but it's six, seven, eight, or ten, does this mean you can get two strikes and then wrong? Uh, I don't. Who hosts Greed and Super Greed? Chuck Woolery. Um, and then he, and you don't check his Twitter because he says mean stuff. Which show's goal is to beat the host for their cash? Rock and Roll Jeopardy, Dating Game, Win Ben's Eyes, Money Hall Show. Isn't that just the question you already... I think this guy just really likes uh, greed and uh, Win Benstein's money. Which of these is not a level on the Tower of Greed and Super Greed? $500,000, $1,000,000, $4,000,000, or $25,000. Uh, on, on Super Greed, I believe it goes 500, it's 500, 1 million, 2 million. 
It will be 500. It'll be. They double everything. I think if I if I'm mistaken on super greed, they double everything. So it goes uh twenty five fifty, seventy five, one hundred, two hundred, and then what normally would be five hundred thousand, a million, two million becomes one million, two million, four million. So five hundred thousand would not be on the list. Okay. What show has a percussion orchestra who wants to be a millionaire? Twenty five thousand dollar pyramid, winning lines or twenty one? Uh, I think 21 does, even though they were not shown on screen. According to Good Morning America, which game show has created a nationwide fashion on a show who wants to be a millionaire? I'm guessing that's Regis. What game show has to do solely with numbers? Winning lines, uh, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, or Pyramid? That would have to be winning lines. Submit the answers. Wow, I got 10 out of 10 right. Those were not tough questions. I think they they lied to me. Well, that seems very unclimactic. I was expecting questions like you know like uh uh who was the original host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in the UK or I don't know like um who was the presenter for Deal or No Deal in Australia something instead of that. Oh, well. Fuck it. We only have, like, what, eight episodes left? Six episodes left? I don't... I lost track of time. So I'm just going to end the show early. Take a nap. Good night, everybody. Thank you for playing hard. How's it going? This is a pre-recorded Jordan Haas. How is your October? Still miserable? Yeah, I, I kind of figured so. Most likely I'm probably thinking about a Nightwing costume for no plans whatsoever because I'm assuming trick-or-treating has been canceled. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy that episode on Hard Quiz. Uh, there's been a board game of Hard Quiz uh, recently available. I kind of want to buy it because it looks like a lot of fun. But I just really want to take the time right now to uh, kind of just plug my things. You know, I haven't really been doing that that often. I kind of noticed that in the recordings. I haven't really said like, hey, if you like this episode, uh, we only have a few more episodes left. There's only like, I think, seven, seven left. But there are a few bonus episodes over at patreon.com slash Jordan Haas. For me, I want to make the end of this series just all my favorite game shows I've ever wanted to talk about because I know I will spend so much time talking about them. But if there's other game shows that have some meaning to it, I put it up on Patreon. I, I kind of recorded a lot of game shows and then I lost track of time is basically the easiest way to to explain it uh, also even though this podcast is dwindling down end of november i just want to say uh hey hey you you can check me out on twitter twitter.com slash jordhoff twitter's still around uh and also jordanhoff.com is where you most likely would have seen this episode anyway give it give it a go go check it out i'm probably going to be writing something in in the next coming 
well, it's July and I'm not writing anything. So, I, knock on wood that I will get something done. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, another episode of Game Shows, I suppose. Next week, we'll be talking about Hollywood Squares. Until then, have a great night and big smooch. Parting gifts, they really blow. Mm-hmm.